Welcome to the Trailblazer Talks podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hope Wilson. The heart behind this podcast is to encourage and equip you to discover your God-given purpose by sharing talks with people blazing trails right where they are. Each week, you'll hear from me and different guests on the show to talk about life, purpose, God, leadership, and a whole lot in between. I love having conversations with people, and I'm excited to get to bring you into those. My hope is that you'll grow and become poised for purpose. I hope each week that you'll feel more equipped to be a trailblazer right where you are. So let's get into this week's episode. Hey friends, this week I'm back with another guest and I'm so excited for this conversation. It's with my new friend, Peter. Peter is the adult ministries director at Browncroft Community Church in Rochester, New York. And he lives there with his wife, Robin, and their two daughters, Haley and Lucy. He's the host of a podcast called Why God, Why? And the whole goal of their show is to respond to questions that maybe we don't feel comfortable asking in church. And today's conversation is just like that. It's maybe questions that are hard to ask in church or maybe stuff that you're thinking or walking through with God. And I know that it will encourage you as you hear our conversation this week. And I also just wanted to quickly say thank you guys so much for the awesome feedback that I've been hearing about the show. It's so amazing to hear personal stories of how the show has impacted you and how these conversations have been helping you right where you are in life. That's the whole goal of this show. And I'm so excited that you feel met right where you are. So let's hop on into this week's episode. Peter, thank you for being on the show this week. I'm excited for our conversation. I'm glad that we got to meet through Clubhouse. That was been a really good tool for just networking and meeting new people and um, just learning more about our field of podcasting. But in case the listeners maybe don't know you, I'd love for you just to tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do and about yourself. So here's why I love Clubhouse. It's perfect for parents of nine week old babies because you don't have to see anything. So uh, the biggest news of my life is uh, my wife and I welcome our second daughter, Lucy. Um, she's nine weeks old at the time of this recording. We have a three-year-old Haley. Um, my wife is a mental health counselor. Um, so I've learned a ton from her. But for me, I serve as a pastor uh, of adult ministries at Browncroft Community Church. And uh, I grew up in Binghamton, uh, actually Endicott's the home of IBM and a famous dish called Speedy's on a kebab. You're going to have to Google that. And um, I, long story short, I made my way to Rochester from Philadelphia to Springfield, Missouri. And I met my wife who is extremely gracious. Um, and she said this when we were in a long distance relationship, someone's moving and it's not me. So here I am in Rochester, New York. And um, yeah, that's just kind of a snapshot. Well, thanks for sharing that. And your newborn is so cute. I've seen photos and just a lot babies. But yeah, that's the same reason I love Clubhouse because I can just hop on wherever I'm at. I don't have to like be on video. It's and it's awesome just to be able to like connect quickly over audio. Um, But you have a podcast. I'd love to hear about that. It's called Why God Why? And I think that that's a question we ask a lot to God. So I'd love to hear more about your podcast and just kind of the heart behind that show and how you got started with that. That's a great question. Uh, So I got started uh, a former co-host, John Amayo and I, we had an epic three hour coffee at Starbucks. And, you know, we were we were talking about young adults. We were talking about reaching the next generation. And he blurted out the inevitable words. We should start a podcast. And that led us on a journey. And 
I the purpose of the podcast is um, to respond to questions people don't feel comfortable asking in church. So we um, we came up with here's a 24 year old named Brad. Uh, he comes to church maybe once a quarter. What questions does he have? And I think what it's turned into is the questions Brad is asking are the questions we're all asking. And if, you know, for those of you that go to church or maybe you don't go to church, it's kind of impossible for a pastor to respond to everything on Sunday morning. And the more we've done podcasts, the more we've realized, you know, we're connecting with people, we're helping them kind of see an issue. And also I've learned as a pastor and a podcaster, how important it is just to listen and bring other experts in. Um, Our, our number one podcast at this recording uh, is why would anyone marry Peter Engler, uh, which was with my wife. And, um, you know, I don't know why people are interested in that, um, maybe, but I, I think that even listening to my wife, you know, use her skill in therapy, um, you know, we're about to interview the um, the superintendent of public schools in our area. And what we're doing is and instead of just having this high level conversation, we're able to get really specific and to see maybe how God is working and moving in our life today. And that's kind of what's really exciting about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really neat too, that it's a, it's a place where you can answer some of those questions. Cause like you said, it's, it's hard to answer everything on a Sunday morning or to expect to get that out of a sermon on a Sunday, every single time, you know? So I think that it's great that people have podcasts and resources. And I love just the, the why behind your show. Um, cause I think that's really awesome. And you guys should also check out, he has a great blog, um, with a lot of amazing articles as well and around spiritual formation and leadership. And I've enjoyed reading them. So you guys should definitely check that out, but, and we'll talk about a little bit more around some of those topics today. But one thing I was thinking about when I was prepping kind of the questions to send over to you, I was thinking through just, and we talked about this before the show, uh, before we started recording, but just kind of how this past year has been, um, coming out of 2020 and being in 2021 and just facing a lot of, I think, hard questions with God and just in our faith and stuff. Um, I think a lot of times we find ourselves asking that question of like, God, like, why, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Why does the world look like this right now? And whether we're facing, you know, disappointment or uncertainty, it can be hard to process some of that with God. But I'd love just to hear just from your experience, what are just some tips for bringing those kind of thoughts and questions honestly before God and and not letting that struggle kind of keep us from seeking God? That's a tough question, but it's a very, very important question. Um, you know, just yesterday I was reflecting on the verse in Jude, uh, Jude one twenty four, I think, and it says, be merciful to those who doubt. So the writer of Jude is Jesus's brother who, you know, as you read the gospels, didn't believe that Jesus was a savior. And as Michael Jr., one of the comedians said, just imagine if Jesus was your sibling. Um, and I, I think about that, that Jude is the one that wrote that. And, you know, I think about the tough questions and, and I just think God is far more merciful and gracious with us than we are with ourselves and with each other. And the more you read the Bible, especially the Psalms, especially the gospels, there's a, a normalization of what Walter Brueggemann would call disorientation. And we love 
we love certainty. We love having the answers. And I think that that's a struggle for us in the 21st century, because if you have a problem, you can just Google it. I can't explain away this year of the political unrest, the pandemic, but I can see in scripture and I can see stories of people that followed Jesus and followed God that they were disoriented. And so I think the first place that I would start is just normalizing that human experience and, you know, on a two way street to number one, be merciful with yourself, but number two, to be merciful with others, because I, I don't think the church has done well with people that have doubted that people that have questions, you know, and I'm thinking about the week that we're recording this, um, there's an another figure that says that they don't believe in God. And I wonder, maybe it's not about changing opinions, but how can we respond in a way that Jesus would? And so that's kind of how I'm processing and thinking through that. Yeah, I agree. Cause I think that, I think sometimes um, it can feel wrong to ask that question of God of like, why, you know, it's like, oh, I shouldn't ask that. So then we kind of, when we do struggle with it, we kind of start backing up instead of going to him. Um, and I think realizing he's very personal and he wants those questions. Like he'd rather you ask him than just be sitting in the corner waiting and being like, oh man, like too, like, I'm not, I can't ask this. Cause you know, that would be not honoring of God or something. Like he is very personable. And I would love to talk a little bit too around some of those hard emotions. Uh, whenever, you know, I, I know I've faced disappointment in life before where I was praying for something and I was, okay, God, like this job is going to work out or this relationship or this big thing I've been waiting for, or praying for. And then we kind of have that, those areas of like unmet expectation and stuff. And we can get that disappointment of just like, man, I really thought I was, you know, on the right path with this God, like what happened if all fell apart. And we kind of feel like maybe God should have intervened differently. And there's an aspect of his sovereignty, I think that can be hard to understand sometimes. And I would love just to talk or hear more about kind of finding that like whenever that does happen, finding kind of some healing from that disappointment or that unmet expectation while understanding God's sovereignty and and if there's any like opportunity for spiritual formation in those moments. Uh, so I, I want to respond to something that you said earlier because I think it kind of goes in there. Like, so there's always a question behind the question. Um, so one time on Twitter, you know, I get this message from someone local and they said, you know, does God still judge people like he did in the Old Testament and, you know, just judge them, kill them. And like, it was just, I was amazed to get that on Twitter. And I sat and had coffee with this individual. And he said to me, I said, I I don't know where this is coming from. Like, did you just read the Bible? And just, and he said, well, you know, I've been through a divorce. I cheated on my wife. And is that the way that God really feels about me? And I use that as an example, because when we get disappointed or when we feel guilty or shame, and when we want to run away from God, I I think this season has taught us to slow down and to really what is happening behind the scenes in my life. You know, so with disappointment specifically, you know, what's the frustration or the question behind your disappointment with God? Um, you know, did you have dreams and ambitions that that you're grieving? Um, was it a relationship that broke? And because we're not, and I I put myself in this boat, we're not a reflective culture. Uh, 
I think that the first thing that we do is we ask why, which I think is really important. Sometimes you'll get an answer, sometimes you don't. But on the other hand, we don't slow down enough to say grieve, to process, to really ask yourself, why am I really disappointed right now? Um, And I loved how you kind of connected it to God, because I think ultimately, whether we want to admit it or not, um, there might be some, you know, de-churched, unchurched people listening to your podcast. But when we connect it to God, it becomes a deeper, more fuller experience. But it also it allows us to take a mirror inside of ourselves to process, to grieve, to mourn, maybe to see blind spots that we didn't see. So that's kind of where I would start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that when we do connect it to God, you're right. It, it gives that deeper sense of um, just everything ties back, especially if, if you are a believer, um, it all ties back into that. And and I, lo- I loved what you said too, just around taking the time that we need to process those emotions. I think that's honestly where a lot of it can begin is actually just taking the time to process those hard emotions that we may be feeling for whatever the situation is that we walked through and then leaning into God instead of leaning back. And I would love to, in case someone, I know that you uh, teach around spiritual formation a lot. And I think that that's a key area for us as believers to continue growing with God. So I'd love to hear one, if someone's like, what is spiritual formation? Can you just give me the like, you know, cliff notes for a definition of it and just how can we make sure we're growing with God and, and not getting like stagnant or too comfortable where we're at? It's a great question. Um, if I was just to simply define spiritual formation, it's, it's the engagement um, through the spiritual practices with God. So, you know, that's everything from prayer, Bible reading, silence, and solitude. And there's a part of me that wants to mystify those practices. And there's another part of me that wants to demystify those practices. Um, I I explain spiritual formation like this. Um, When I look at a tree growing every day, it's very discouraging because it's like this tree isn't growing. But when I plant a tree and a year later, I look at it and I go, huh, I've really come a long way. That's the way I see the practices. So like when we pray, um, if every day you're kind of looking at your spiritual life as a tree, it, it can be discouraging. The same thing for reading the Bible. But there's about a faithfulness, a consistency, a patience, but also we... I, and I'm guilty of this, like we're an overproduction culture. I don't even want to say microwave because I think sometimes we're we're hard on ourselves because we're like, well, we're not a microwave culture, but we're a productive culture where I want to be productive. And there's certain things that like you just can't see. So, you know, you can't see the anxiety that's always calmed by sitting in silence. You can't see the support that you're feeling when you're sitting with someone that God's placed in your life. So, when it comes to spiritual formation, yeah, I want to mystify it. I believe that God is there. I believe Jesus and the Holy Spirit is working, but there's a part of me that wants to demystify it in saying that there's something about the consistency, the walking through. And if I was to really, Bible reading is always important. I talk to a ton of people, but even just the journaling, the getting your thoughts, worries, disappointments, frustrations out on paper, the practice of that is just huge to your mental health. But also, you know, I don't think that we're going to see until even years down the road what that allowed us to do versus bottling it all in. 
Mm-hmm. And journaling has been super helpful for me too, because like you said, with being such a productive culture and just the way that just, I think we've been wired to work today. It's like my brain, like, I, I mean, I will pray, but it's like, I have to kind of have my journal there to write down thoughts and, and process stuff with God to kind of keep me on track sometimes because I feel like sometimes with prayer and I pray out loud um, when I'm like by myself at home, I'm not going to necessarily go praying out loud (laughs) sitting in Panera Bread or something, but um, it helps me just to kind of get back on track sometimes if I like I'm like, oh, I need to go check the laundry or I need to go do this. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that that's key what you were saying. I think in life, sometimes we want things to be instant and we want things to be like, oh, we want to see the fruit tomorrow. And we just started today. But I think the thing that I've been learning the most over this past year, like you were mentioning earlier, is slowing down and just taking things one step at a time, like piece by piece. And that's, that's kind of how our walk with God can be too, is just having that, you know, okay, I mean, it talks about daily bread. And so I think that that's really key. So I, I loved what you shared with that. And I would love to to kind of pivot a little and talk about just for any church leaders that may be listening. I know you talk a lot about leadership too. Just ways that whether whether it's a church leader or maybe it's just a leader at a corporate company or whatever, just in general, but how can we make sure that as leaders we're growing, we're, we're staying accountable? Because I know of the past year we've seen, past several years really, we've seen a lot of people fall in their leadership. And so how can we stay accountable in our walk with God and also pivoting back to that productivity, making sure we're not getting burnt out either and whatever we're called to do? Man, if I had an answer for that, um, I would definitely put it. But, uh, you know, I, I think so. Number one, I think personally, it stopped taking ourselves so seriously. You know, the world would not come to an end if you stopped leading. And I think sometimes we get scared of that. Like we want to be irreplaceable, but you know, there, there's a a part of us that needs to kind of live under the grace of God, that God is bigger than us and that God can lead us. And I think it starts there. Number two, who are the people that are closest in your life? And I don't think that we're always aware of that. Um, you know, I believe in 360 reviews. I believe in, you know, kind of generating feedback right now. I have a leadership coach, you know, that's volunteering from the church. Gary is kicking my backside and, you know, I, he's forcing me to get some qualitative feedback from people I lead. And I don't think we understand what that does is that gives people freedom and trust to say what they need to say, you know, and, and the other thing too is, is just to look at your task list and, you know, I think I've been really evaluating this. What areas do I bring the most strength as opposed to the areas that maybe someone else has better skills in, you know, and I bring up all those things and just what I struggle with is you can do all of those things and still hide your moral inadequacies and you can still do. And that's what makes it so tough. So it is your personal growth. It is the relationships you have. It is the task list, but you know, it's also just kind of the, the reevaluation and are you, are you listening to the Holy spirit? You know, there's been times where I've felt like, Hey, I don't want you to go that direction. And it's incumbent upon me to, to not do that. And even I think as leaders, the last thing I'll say, like we get so surprised and we shouldn't be, here's the deal. You do something brand new that no one's ever done. You're going to get a lot of criticism. Just get over it. And I, I don't, 
I don't say that meanly or ungraciously, but there's actually a freedom in accepting that, but also there's a preparation for that. Cause I think sometimes we want to just carte blanche, say the direction we want to go without actually saying, okay, it's going to take a while for people to struggle with this. I need to be patient. I need to be consistent. I don't know. That's a tough question. I hope I kind of answered it, but I mean, what, what have you seen? You're, you're doing a lot of interviews, you know, what are some things that you're picking up about, you know, burnout and maybe some of these moral failures? Yeah, no, everything you mentioned, I think is really great. And, and again, we're, I mean, cause we're all leaders and we are learning as we go too. So I think that, that that's an element of humility with it as well. Um, and I just look at people in the Bible, like Saul and David and, you know, just different people all throughout scripture and, and seeing kind of their journey and ebb and flow of leadership. And, you know, we always hear people who are, it's like, Oh, I don't want to be a Saul. I don't want to be, you know, and, and then David, he was after a God after man's own heart and, uh, are a man after God's own heart. And, you know, he had moral failures and different things. And, uh, but he was able to go to God still and process that and work through that. But just in my experience talking with different people, I think similar things to what you said, but also having those, um, those people in your life that are kind of that covering is what people have told me. And then as far as the burnout goes, um, having good boundaries, I think that that can be really hard, both in whether you're in kind of the corporate world or what we call like the secular world, I guess, or whether you're in ministry, both are really difficult at times because we want to give like a hundred percent all the time or go over the top. And like you mentioned, like we want almost kind of that pat on the back, like, Hey, you're doing a great job. And like, we all love to be affirmed at times. Um, so I think making sure we have appropriate boundaries with whatever it is that we do, whether you're a creative, whether you're a speaker, whether you are a CEO, no matter what, even as a, a parent, I think we have to figure out what our boundaries look like with that, with our family and our kids to make sure that we're giving time to everybody, but not you know, burning ourselves out and not having time for ourselves too. So that's something I've learned a lot over the past year is boundaries. I read a book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And it was super helpful for me because I'm in the creative space with marketing and stuff. And it can be really easy. I found for me when I was serving at as I've been serving at my church, it can be really hard for me to say no, especially when it's for God. Cause it's like, well, this is for God. Why would I say no to my church and like not make this graphic or not do this thing? But I got really burnt out last year with that. Just everything went digital all of a sudden. And so we were producing so many more graphics than we ever had before. And we had a very limited amount of people. So, you know, we're high capacity of churning out work, but low amount of people. And so, and then not having boundaries at the same time led to a lot of just burnout and feeling like, why am I doing this? So I think creating kind of those spaces and making sure we're not people pleasing can also help us. Um, and that's what I've learned a lot when it, especially in the area of like burnout too. You said my wife's favorite book, Boundaries. Uh, so she, oh, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> she loves it. Uh, you know, I, I got to catch up. I saw you did an episode on the Enneagram. What, what's your Enneagram number? I'm a one wing two. So the perfectionist mixed with the helper. So it's kind of a perfect storm to just overproduce work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I'm a, I'm a two wing three and my wife's a two wing one. Um, And so, you know, the difference is like when you, I can, I'm more aware when I'm unhealthy. Um, And so just this, uh, Suzanne Stabile says this, which is like really hard for me. She's like, twos go on strike when they don't feel appreciated. And so, 
you know, I've even had to ask myself personally, am I doing this to get something in return from someone else? Or am I doing it because I feel like it's the right thing to do no matter what? And, you know, I have a ton of people that don't like, um, you know, personality tests and I I get it. You don't want to get boxed in, but there's so much data for my personal life that I can kind of see, you know, I can see the Sauls and the Davids because I can see kind of in my own life, you know, I start spiraling down. I, you know, begin to work harder. There's a little chip on my shoulder. And that's kind of where I think there's a beauty of this season right now because we're recording this podcast and it doesn't come out till July or in April, which is awesome. But the pandemic kind of taught us we need to be day to day, be open to that. And I think that there's, I'm all about planning, but I also think there's a little bit of, you know, if you're packing your days, if you're over planning, there's a sense that you're going to burn yourself out. And part of this season has been, have you, can you get to know yourself well enough to know where the landmines are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that what I've learned in this season too, because I think because we've just trained ourselves to be so busy, um, it's almost like when we're not busy, we're like, well, what do I do now? Like, And it's like, we kind of just twiddle our thumbs and it's like you you feel that kind of silence sometimes or just that like slowing down and you're like I don't know what to do with my time and that's part of why I've tried to create some better systems and workflows and I think that that's something that can help too is like having those systems and workflows where it allows that space and that kind of um, margin for you to have rest and have that in like I have a Sabbath every Saturday and I try to part of why I've been record like recording podcasts earlier and then releasing them over time is it helps with creating that those gaps for me too. Whereas before it was just go, 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 go and no space, no time for rest. And um, so, yeah, I think that you're spot on with that as well. Well, one thing that I love to ask people, because the heart of this podcast is really just getting to talk with people who are blazing trails right where they are and inspiring others with their stories and just learning wisdom from them. So I love to ask people, what is one piece of advice that you want to leave with the listeners that you have learned along your trail in life? I think right now, so if you interviewed me like in two years, it might be different, but right now uh, I'd, I'd sum it up, you know, patience is realizing our timetable isn't God's timetable. So, you know, I've been reading Proverbs and, you know, there's one verse that says, um, don't speak to a fool. And like literally the next verse, it says, speak to a fool. And the author is kind of assuming that you have wisdom. And the, the reason I bring that up is, you know, for us to have patience, there's certain things like doing a podcast that if you commit to it and you're radically consistent, um, it's not going to pay off like necessarily in a year or two. It might be three, four years. That's what we're learning with digital. But there's other things that you need to have the wisdom to be like, that's really not worth my time. And I wonder... I think this is my theory. You can push back on it. I think when we get to heaven and we talk to God and we like look back at what we've done, I think the majority of things God's going to sit back and say, if you would have like trusted me and been faithful and consistent as opposed to trying to do the whack-a-mole with the issues that came up in this area or this project, this is probably what would have happened. Um, so even like when I do a podcast with patience and consistency and faithfulness, if I want to be Andy Stanley or Annie Downs, all these great podcasters, like that's like an unrealistic goal. If it happens, great. If not, but I've been joking around, I have an article out there about churches 
businesses and leaders being the craft beers of their area. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not advocating for drinking, but you know, craft beer changed the big beer brands because now all of a sudden there's local breweries. And I think as leaders, you know, we lead in a context. Um, you know, we've heard things said all politics is local. And I think part of that is the patience and consistency. You know, God could move me from Rochester tomorrow. I want to be here a long time. And part of that is when you're at the same place for a long time, you not only become a student of God's word, but you become a student of the people that you serve. You become a student to how Jesus is working. There's relationships that you're, you're building and that's part of patience. So that's the one thing I'd say is to all the listeners, you know, think about what are the two to three things that I'm going to be radically consistent about and not, you know, kind of say, Hey, I'm going to quit along the way. And I think you're modeling that even with this podcast, Hey, I'm going to work this. I'm going to do this plan. I'm going to do this system. And, you know, God might transition you someday, or God might keep opening the door. And I think if this season has taught us anything, it's, you know, it's faith, patience and consistency that when we start to walk there, that God begins to open doors that we never thought of, not just influence, fame or any, but there's people that you build trust with. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you, I I feel like we've talked about consistency kind of throughout the episode. And that's funny because this year that's, that's kind of the word that like I felt, um, was like kind of my focus for the year as I was like praying like, God, what should I focus on this year and stuff? And consistency was the area. It's not that I've not been consistent in the past, but I think like we live in this world where everything gets hyped up and it's like, oh, do the next big thing, do the next big project. And it can put that pressure. And as as for me, as a one, like striving is something I have to really work on of like not striving for to like be the best or strive like that striving mentality or perfection. So consistency has helped me to kind of slow down and just be like, I'm just going to do this thing. And like you mentioned, like I, I really don't feel like when we get to heaven, God's not gonna be like, oh, you had that great podcast. It's gonna be like, oh, whose lives did you change? Like, who did you help get here? Help get to heaven? Help live their fullest life for me, or like find that freedom they needed from. XYZ thing. So I think that we a lot of times can focus on like the thing we're doing instead of like the people. And so I I love what you said about just show up for the people in your life, show up for the people in your community. I think that that's golden. Well, and what you brought up there, that's so powerful, whether you're a pastor, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a leader, you represent the people outside of the meeting. And I don't think that people understand that. So as a pastor, I represent the people that don't attend church. You represent the people that don't attend church. You represent the people in your company that aren't there. Um, Even if you're an entrepreneur, you represent the customers unless they're in your boardroom or something. So that's even why being faithful and consistent. So again, like what you said about not being famous with a podcast, God doesn't care about that podcast in this sense of, you know, getting big and metrics. And we care about those things to measure effectiveness, but can people rely on your word? Can they take it to the bank? You know what? I know that Peter is going to have a podcast out. I, people have asked me, what's the most important thing you've done as a pastor at Browncroft? I send an email to small group leaders every Friday, and that has paid dividends, not just because the content, our senior pastor does a great job with messages and small group guides for discussion, but it was a, a measure of, 
I can count on Peter to show up. I can count on Peter to be there. And I think as leaders, we represent God's faithfulness. We represent what God's doing. So for us to be consistent is just so important. Yeah. And I I love what you mentioned about that, showing up each week with that newsletter um, or or the email rather, um, because I think that as we were just talking about this, I was just thinking, it's like, I think that's something we're missing in culture is consistency because we always are trying to jump to the next thing or, you know, kind of, I mean, that rat race kind of thing of the corporate world, even of like, well, who's going to kind of pat my back or who's going to help me get to where I need to go instead of just being there for those people who are consistently in our lives. Um, So I think that, and I also loved what you said about how we represent God because we are image bearers. And I think we forget that sometimes of like, and and we think about that with like brand reps or like brand ambassadors or even just whatever company or church we work for, we're representing that company or that church or that thing. Uh, Or whenever we see people um, who are, you know, representing a brand, but we kind of forget sometimes as Christians, I feel like that, oh, we're representing God. And how should that, you know, how are we displaying his character or how are we showing up consistently the way he shows up. Um, So I think that's definitely a challenge for us as well to kind of make sure we keep that um, as we get busy in life. And so keep that the like forefront of our mind of like, man, did I represent God well today? Or could I work on it a little bit more or something like that? My, uh, my professor in college, he used to be the president of Valley Forge. His name's Wes Smith, uh, profound influence on my life. He used to say this all the time. He said, make Jesus uh, visible, believable, and beautiful to every person you meet. And I repeat that over and over again, because yeah, God is big. He's perfect. I'm imperfect. I'm broken. I'm sinful. But you're right. Like we still have this opportunity to live out the gospel in such a way that people are asking about Jesus and are we making him visible, believable, and beautiful to every person we meet? Mm-hmm. And I know for me too, like when I was in college, I've had those um, experiences with people where I, the church wasn't represented well through their character. And I got really hurt by some just like religiousness that ha- like was represented to me and feeling judged and shamed. Then I also remember this moment towards the end of college where a girl I worked with at a restaurant, she always just was so kind to me. She would ask me how I was doing, you know, all this different stuff. And and then she, after kind of getting to know me, she was like, hey, would you want to come to like our college service? And because of just her character and how kind she was, and I knew she was a Christian, I was like, yeah, like I'll I'll check that out. And I was blown away by just how life-giving the people at, at that particular church were. And it was something I hadn't experienced in some of the other churches I'd gone to. And to me, like she did a very good job of whether she meant to or not meant to, like she did a great job of representing Jesus to me in a way that I was like, yeah, I, I whatever you've got, like, I want that because my life is not great right now. So like, I want whatever it is you have and found out it was Jesus. So <laughs> I think that that's just a, a simple example of how we can kind of, um, be mindful of like how we're representing and loving others well and and still standing firm in like our convictions and stuff, but making sure that we are seeking God and asking him, how can I represent you well? Well, and you know, you bring that up. And if you read the book of Job, Job's friends were awesome till they said stuff, something like they sat <laughs> in silence. And, you know, I, I wonder how often we sit and support people and listen. And even what you're fostering on this podcast, you're modeling to people, what does it look like to sit and listen, not just for, um, you know, to get advice and wisdom and, you know, tricks and skills, but, you know, what does it look like to help someone 
know that they have perspective, that they're, you know, they're in God's image, that they need to be heard. And, you know, I think the more we do that, that's why I love podcasting, because to put someone and to be able to say like, you know, you have something valuable to say for people to listen to. Hopefully that translates to our listeners. Um, I love the name Trailblazers. I keep thinking of Portland Trailblazers. I love it. So I, I think you got a great name. And for Why God Why is, you know, can we create safe enough um, atmospheres that people can have tough conversations that they can feel support. I just think that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the key verses that kind of drove some of the heart behind the show is Revelation 12, 11 of by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, we will overcome. And I just, I've seen power in that. And so I just, I think there's so much power in getting to hop on uh, and record and just be able to hear other people's stories and wisdom and just learn from one another. But yeah, I, I think that that's awesome. Uh, well, one thing I love to ask people to just a kind of like a fun question at the end is just what are some current favorites you're loving or anything fun that you've been enjoying lately, whether it's like going to the park or enjoying the nice weather. Hopefully um, it's warming up in New York too, like it is down here in Cincinnati. And what are some things you're kind of just looking forward to right now? Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's what's crazy in New York is like one day it'll snow and the next day it's like 80 degrees. Um, <laughs> it's kind of been that way here a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. So good old Cincinnati and Rochester, but, uh, you know, yesterday I, I sat, uh, my nine week old Lucy was laying down. She was pulling, uh, she's starting to pull on toys and stuff. And my daughter Haley, uh, just, she grabbed a book, just sits on my lap. Um, there's been a lot of that. We're walking, um, you know, getting outside, uh, you know, right now I, I'm very excited. I I went back to the gym, um, for a year and what people don't realize is like when you don't see someone for a year. So like the guy at the gym, Nate, he's like, Hey, how's the baby doing? And I said, which one? He's like, your wife had a baby. So there's been, you know, I, I'm excited about the world reopening. I think we should be careful, but you know, again, just being outside, my wife has kind of talked me into that a little bit more. Um, you know, I've been reading, but you know, just really, this is a beautiful time after a really hard year. Um, and so, you know, even just to see, you know, my, Lucy has just started smiling. And the biggest problem we have with Haley is Haley just doesn't understand personal space. So she'd be like, can I hug her? And like four hugs later, it's like, okay. So this is just, you know, this is a beautiful time. And I have to keep reminding myself, it's just a phase. Don't miss it. Yeah. I think that's so key because I think we can easily miss it if we're like just trying to get to the next season. Like, let's just get out of this. Like, let's just get to the new normal or whatever. Um, But I really enjoyed going for walks too because I realized like I didn't really do that before. I didn't just like walk around my neighborhood because I don't have like a dog to walk or anything. So it felt weird to me for some reason to just go walk by myself. (laughs) But like over this past year, like I've grown to love going for little walks and stuff and, and getting to see people I haven't seen in a while. I think that that's awesome. Well, is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover today or anything you have coming up, you want to make sure you share with the listeners or promote before we end today's episode? Uh, you know, I just say go to peterangler.com and whygodwhypodcast.com. You can subscribe. There's emails to both of those. I'd encourage you to do that. Follow me on social media. We got some great podcasts coming up. Um, you know, Courtney, we got we to gotta get you on the Why God Why podcast. You know, we got to talk about that. So Yeah, sure. <laughs> I said it on the show, so now it has to happen. So yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) But uh, we'll we'll do that. But no, we're, um, 
this is great season in life and uh, just excited for the future. But those two websites, peteringler.com, whygodwhypodcast.com, subscribe to the email. I'm on every social channel. I'm even on TikTok. I have no idea what I'm doing. So if you see, so yeah. That'd be it. That's awesome. Well, I will be sure to link that in the show notes so everyone can find you easily and connect with you. Definitely go give the podcast a listen because I just think that that's just a really important space to have where we can hear the answers to some of those questions. Um, But Peter, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for answering the questions I had and just kind of talking through a lot of those areas that maybe we question with God. And I think it'll be really um, helpful to the listener. So thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, big shout out to the Trailblazer Nation. Man, that conversation was just so good. I hope that it met you right where you are in some of the own struggles and questions that you have with God. And be sure to go and check out Peter's podcast called Why God Why. And if you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because we would love to have you as part of the podcast family. And if you love the show, I would love for you to leave us a review. I know I ask that every week, but it's really helpful so that other people can find out about the show and can see what the show's all about. So if you love the show, be sure to share it with your friends and family, post about it on social media and tag me at Court Hope Wilson. And I would love to connect if there's any specific things you wanna hear about on future episodes for next season, let me know. You can email me at hello at the trailblazerjournals.com. And the reason it's the Trailblazer Journals is that's our overall brand for this podcast and there's other resources that will be coming to the trailblazerjournals.com but you can also find everything about the podcast at the trailblazertalkspodcast.com thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week for another episode